Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am sitting here today once again at my tea table, which is becoming a a little bit of a routine that I'm totally loving. I am drinking a green tea today. It's called Stream Enterer. I always find these these teas that have really hilarious and cute names. This is Stream Enterer. And um, it's just a really light green tea that wakes me up in a super mellow way. Just keeps me alert and focused in a sense. And I am actually having a really rare day (laughs) where I'm feeling really grounded. I actually, I woke up this morning feeling really grounded, just in my body and present. And I was planning to drive Leah to school early in the morning, but then I realized, oh, I really want to sit down and meditate and practice some yoga, just roll up my mat and take my time. So instead of doing what I was planning to do, which was to get Leah to school and hurry and rush, I just asked my husband if he could drive her instead. And he could, no problem. So I had this really gentle morning of drinking tea and practicing yoga and just taking my time today. And the day has kind of continued to unfold from that place, which is, it's a, it's an interesting thing when we start to change how we take care of ourselves from the inside. And we realize that actually we have the power to change so much. There are a million little decisions that we make in a day that all accumulate to affect and impact how we feel in a, in our day. And just a simple thing like that, like I just felt like, oh, I would love to take some time for myself. Can I, can I change something today? Can I ask for help today? Can we rearrange the schedule a little bit? Normally I would never do that. You know, normally in my old ways, I wouldn't even think about the fact that I had the possibility to make a change, but I would just continue in the 
pace and in the track that my life was on. Like, this is what needs to get done. This is it. I didn't have that anchor inside of myself where me and my true well-being was the most important thing. It really is true. And it's, it's, it's kind of strange even saying that because how could I have lived that way for so long? But my priority was always work. It was always the family. It was always getting things done. It was always taking care of everybody else. And I was sort of this afterthought, right? I would, if I suddenly ended up at the end of the day with some space, well, then I would take that and I would use it for my practice. But the idea of waking up in the morning and then you know, immediately starting my day by asking for help, <laughs> starting my day by rearranging something, going with the flow of what I feel like I need. And of course, it's not every moment that I feel like, oh, I would like to do this or I need this. It's not always I could have that met, right? I could have woken up that way this morning and Dennis had a meeting or he had something or it just wasn't possible in my day, right? To, to, to have that need met or to rearrange something. And that's okay. You know, we're not going to have every moment be perfect and everything centered around our entire well-being all the time. Like we still got to adult and take care of what we need to take care of and go to work and do all those things. But it's just the lens of how we look at life, right? And it's beautiful. At least I had that moment of just really connecting those dots to how beautiful it is to have arrived at a place in my own life where I really feel like I shifted that lens. Like I'm, I'm looking at life in a different way. Now I'm not always going to get it right. And it doesn't mean that suddenly my life is magically stress-free and perfect. And no, you know, I still have all the stuff. I still have life, right. And all the stuff that life brings, but just just having that as a possibility inside of myself that when I feel like I need something, I can ask for that. It means that I have shifted enough awareness in my life for me to be able to be really anchored inside of myself. And that's one of those things that's really challenging to do if we have spent most of our lives focusing on other people more than we focus on ourselves. If we grew up in a family where there was always somebody else's needs that were really massive and major, there was always someone to rescue or save or something to fix or something to hold together. And we don't even have to come from major trauma to grow up with that sense, right? It can be little family dynamics that just led us to always having our focus on the other people around us which isn't, you know, doesn't come from a bad place or anything like that, but comes from a place of wanting to keep life together, wanting to have structure, wanting to feel safe, wanting to have a semblance of control, right? Where maybe we didn't feel control or we didn't feel safe when we were little. But it leads us to grow up into these kinds of adults that are always focusing on everybody else. And I know there are so many of you who are listening to this right now who really resonate with that, especially especially if you're a human being with responsibility. <laughs> I don't know who, who's listening to this show who doesn't have responsibilities, but there are different levels and layers to adulting and the responsibilities that come with that. But when I say responsibilities, I mean like kids, like work, like a mortgage or bills to pay or student loans or debt or like just trying to like make a life, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to make a life and, and do what needs to get done in a day for all of this to work. 
it is really, really, really hard to get to a place where our priority is us. It really is, regardless of if we're parents or not, but especially as parents, I think, because there's always going to be someone else there, if we're a mom or a dad, who we feel, you know, who has needs that are louder and more urgent and more important than ours. So how do we meet or help other people meet their needs? How do we hold our lives together? How do we continue adulting, being responsible, working, doing the things that we don't like to do, paying the bills and going about our day and doing all the responsible stuff while still keeping our focus and energy anchored inside of us? Now, I don't have a perfect answer for this, but I think it's a really important exploration to do inside of each of us that we notice those moments in our lives when we leave ourselves and all of a sudden we get totally lost in the world and the needs of the world, or we get totally lost in another person and their needs because we all have these tendencies and it's going to play out in different ways in our lives. And just sharing this so that you can contemplate and explore a little bit inside of yourself in case you resonate. And it was lovely today to have that realization that I feel like I, I did make that change. I think on this show, I talk a lot about the ways I lack and the things I'm trying to figure out and wounds and pains. I mean, this show is called From the Heart because it's totally from the heart and I am always working something out, right? <laughs> in, case you, you, in case you didn't know, if you thought my life was perfect and awesome. Well, if you listen to this show, you know it absolutely is not. But that's basically what this podcast is, right? It's me sharing the things I'm figuring out or dealing with or working with in my own life and in that sense, you know, we're never, ever, ever going to be finished. But it's also really beautiful to arrive at those moments that feel like healing. Like the journey I had to be on to get to a place like where I was this morning, where I could just feel in my body, ooh, I really could need something different than what I've planned for my day. Or I want something different. Like I really just want to reach for something nourishing now. And to ask for that and go for that and then meet that need, like to recognize that need, ask for help so I can have that need met and then go meet that need. Those are three big pieces that feel simple and, you know, like that shouldn't be so hard, but it's major. It is major for someone who's never known how to really even recognize her own needs, let alone ask for help around those needs and let alone have them met and make that happen. You know, for me, these are just major, major pieces in my life that have completely changed. And I loved being able to honor that this morning. And I was sitting at my tea table, just feeling like, wow, good job, Rach. <laughs> good job getting here. And um, I said I had a rare moment of just waking up, feeling already grounded in my body. Normally, at least these weeks, just because things are so very hectic with our move, we are two weeks now, less than two weeks from moving. It has felt like a very, very long time that we have been in Aruba. I have felt like time has moved really incredibly slowly. I'm just itching to get to Sweden, to get to our new permanent home, to have routine, to ground, like I'm just, I'm nesting from afar in this, in the, as much as I can in a bizarre way. I'm just, <laughs> I close my eyes and I envision, I envision our home. 
right? And I envision our home as a home. And I just, I have this goal image of where we are going and where eventually we will take this exhale that will finally bring us to a place of relief and a sense of having our ground again after an entire year of, of, of complete instability, right? I see it over there. And the time it's taken to get there has felt really slow and really long. And it's just oh, painstakingly slow these months here. And all of a sudden now, we're less than two weeks away. It's really speeding up, of course, the way time works. And now it's accelerating to the point of, wow, we have so much to do and so many things to get done. And our days are just, they feel really unstructured and messy. And we're jumping from one thing to the other, trying to puzzle together our lives to, to get this to happen and to, to work, right? And every day is a bit of a, every day is a shit show <laughs> in its own sense, right? And normally, because we are going to this like intense time, I wake up and I feel this sense of, oof, like it's a bit of a disconnect. Like I feel a little bit unsettled most days and it requires a sense of, it requires these practices. Like I need them. I need, I need the peace. I need the quiet. I need to roll out my mat and get to my mat and really be there. I need some touch point every day where I get to be in nature, where I get to anchor back because it's a, it's an intense time. But this morning I woke up and I felt like I was kind of already there, you know, and it's easier. Of course, it's easier to recognize our needs so we can meet them when we are feeling sort of good, right? When we're already present in the body. And it's so important that we recognize the fact that most of the time it's not going to be that way. Like we want to get to a place where we are living this enlightened life where everything is always calm and we are always grounded and present moment mindfulness. Everything is just easy. Like we want to be there, but we're human beings living in the middle of a pandemic. It's 2021. Life is life. Probably not going to feel that way every day. And it's important that we remember that so that we don't lose the practices that we really, really, really need, that they become a staple in our day-to-day -day regardless of how we wake up, right? Regardless of what life has brought us in that moment, regardless of if, if I wake up today and I feel like shit or I wake up today and I feel awesome, that still I do the things I need to do to feel good. I've been thinking a lot about this old, it's a Buddhist saying, right? Or a Zen saying, before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. Like before we are enlightened, we do what needs to get done, right? We do life the way life needs to get done. We do the work. Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. <laughs> And now I'm using this as a little metaphor, not for realization and the ultimate freedom and samadhi and, you know, in that big, big sense of oneness and merging with all that is, but in a sense of enlightenment being these big moments and cycles of healing that we go through. Enlightenment, waking up to a day that feels light, right? Arriving at that sense of presence on the journey toward those lighter moments toward those lighter days toward those good cycles where everything has flow we do the work right when things are hard 
when things are heavy, we do the work. When things are easy, when things are good, we do the work. Whatever that work looks like for you or what it looks like for you, I don't know. But having that really clearly identified so that you know that this is my everyday need. And you hold on to that practice, whatever it is, you hold on to that practice and you come back to it no matter what the day brings you, when you can, right? There's going to be days when we can't and and that's okay. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just the perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So today, <laughs> we had a, I had that lovely morning, beautiful, calm, rising today. And then we have this list. If I would show you, I've been like playing around with the idea of screenshotting this Excel sheet that Dennis and I have for for the family move to share because it's so ridiculous. Like it's like, (laughs) I don't know what TV show I'm thinking of, but it's like one of those things that belongs on TV in some family that isn't really real. Like it's just bizarre. It's it's, it's wild. It's too much. It's never going to happen. It's overwhelming. But we've made a lot of really big decisions about our futures, about Aruba, about what we are leaving behind, what will continue, what we are moving on from. We've just made a lot of big decisions. And each of those decisions came along with a string of action items that we have to take, really big ones and really small ones, but they all have to get done so that we don't leave a giant mess behind, right? And... um, I have a husband who's great at leaving things for future Dennis to handle. (laughs) He's always like, it's fine if we don't do this now. Like next time I come to the island, I'll just do it then, you know? And I really like, I had to sit him down the other day. I'm like, when you make decisions for future Dennis to handle, you have to remember that future Dennis lives with and is married to future Rachel. (laughs) So (laughs) many messes that you leave behind also are my messes. And I have this huge urge, like this big, 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 big feeling in my whole body that I don't want to leave any mess behind. I want to, as much as possible, close this chapter of our lives in a way that makes sense, right? In a way that isn't messy, in a way that doesn't leave a bunch of doors 
and stuff open of things that have to be managed later. Like I just, I really feel like it's, it's so important that we close this chapter well. And, <laughs> and my poor husband, I mean, I, I love him so much and we have had such a hard year and we go, we, we, we cycle right now. We are on this roller coaster of flowing between lit, like having really good objectivity and a sense of humor around everything that's happening where we can laugh at the madness and the stress and the chaos. Like we can laugh at it and we're good at that. And we can just like have fun as we go through these crazy things that have to happen. And then we cycle through oh my God, this is hell. Like we can barely deal with each other. Like we're just, oh, like basically everything we have to open back up that relates to the mold. Like this has become a very, very, very sore and sensitive subject that relates to the mold. And how is that happening? Just as an example, so I can paint this picture. Um, so yeah, so we have, we had what we called toxic storage, which was just a storage unit that we had with not that many items, but it was a few leftover items that were wrapped in layers of like vacuum sealed bags and plastic basically that we haven't cleaned yet. That came from like parts, like that came from parts of our old home that we knew were moldy that we hadn't, when we hadn't cleaned it yet, when we were emptying the house. So examples of that is like all of our paintings, for instance, that we had on the walls of the house, all of our pictures and picture frames, we had to make these decisions around, okay, if there are things here that are like priceless, you know, we, we don't want, we can't throw them away or we don't want to throw them away. We had some options there. We can encase our art in resin, for instance, that like we can clean them and then encase them in resin and that will keep them really mold safe so they can go anywhere in the future, which is awesome. Generally, like paper items, you cannot save. Um, you just, you just can't. And then all of our picture frames, the plan is to, to, to take the pictures out of the frames, throw the frames away and then scan. Like we bought a scanner for this purpose to scan individually all of our photos because we don't have, you know, so that we have them on a cloud somewhere. I don't know what cloud that would be, but they're somewhere online, right? They're somewhere like we save them virtually so that we have them and then we can reprint them and reframe them in a new frame. And then like that solves that, right? So stuff like that. It's like, the project of emptying our house so that we could remediate and fix and clean the mold. Everything had to go, right? And then everything has been itemized and categorized. And there's a lot of little things that have to happen with them now to be done. And we've almost emptied the storage unit. And the last things that were left there was to take the art and the photos out and then clean the unit and then close it. <laughs> And this is just something that has to happen. And I'm laughing at this now because this is such a stupid thing in the big scheme of our lives. Like, what the fuck does it matter? You know, it's like, yeah, we can throw all this away and be fine, but I don't want to, you know, they're, they're, they're nostalgic and precious items. And then I know we're leaving December 15th. We're paying a lot of money for the storage unit. Like this is one of those projects that we have that we cannot leave for future Rachel and Dennis to manage, because that would mean we are paying for a storage unit that we shouldn't be paying for Like this is a non-negotiable thing on our Excel sheet that has to get done, right? It's emptying, cleaning out and closing this unit. So beginning of November, right? I'm like, okay, we have to get this done. This is the plan. We have to do all these things. And we do this by, by November, in November so we can close the unit so we don't have to pay for December. That's it. And 
because it relates to mold and because now these things have to be clean and certain things have to happen again. I think my husband, I think he's, I think he's a little bit, and I say a little bit, I think he's kind of traumatized by, by just the whole process of having to throw away everything we owned and the whole, like anytime we mention, anytime I say something about mold, I can see, I can tell he just, he shudders. Like he visibly, (laughs) he has a visceral physical reaction to the word mold. Like he cannot deal with it. It's been too big, too overwhelming, too hard, too much. And his, like, if you're into astrology, he has a cancer moon, which means he holds so much value in physical objects and items. Like he's very, very, very nostalgic. So I think overall the process of losing our things was harder on him than it was for me. I'm, I'm really sure of that. So every time we kind of have to open up, open up something again and be like, okay, we got to drive to the unit and bring it here. And we take it to the garden and we clean everything the way we have to clean it with the mold protocol that we have. And then everything has to be like wrapped up and sent. Yeah. We have some things are actually going to get vacuum sealed and like quadruple wrapped in plastic so that we can bring it to Sweden because we found out that in Aruba, all these things can't happen here a few things like we can't encase the art in in Aruba anymore has to happen in Sweden. So that means we have to take an item that isn't a hundred percent safe and we have to put it in the container with all of our clean and new stuff. Right. So it's like really important that this happens really well. And then just for us to do this project, it like requires us to put on our gloves and put on the masks and like do this thing. And I can't get Dennis to do it. And anyone who's married here or has been in a long-term relationship, you know, when you want to make your partner or your person do something, or you need them to do something for you, or you need to together get something done, but they really don't want (laughs) to like how hard that is. Right. And I become this nagging person. Like I really do become, I become the nag and I hate being the nag. It's not, it's not a fun role to have. But out of the two of us, like he's the one who's like, whatever, we'll figure it out another time. Just leave it there or just throw it away. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. And I'm like, we have to do it, but I don't want to do all of these things alone. And actually I need your help. Like I really, I can't, can't do this alone. Like I need you. So we've been like, you know, arguing and going back and forth. And then we get into this big low of like, we like Dennis just like, I can't deal with the mold anymore. And then we start fighting And then all of a sudden we just look at our lives and we realize like how comical it all is, like how ridiculous it all is, how blessed we are that like we're dealing with these details now. We've actually managed to solve the big pieces. Like we have a new home we are going to, oh my God, you know, we're like, everything is happening and coming together in the big important ways. And then here we are like wanting to kill each other over some stupid stuff, over a painting, you know, like over, over a piece of art that someone made for us, you know, it's like little things. And then we laugh (laughs) and we get back to this really joyful place. And then like yesterday we decided, okay, like we need to take a break from everything we're doing and we need to just go be alone. So we asked for someone to come be with Leia so we could just like the only time we've spent alone basically since March has been to get things done relating to our lives, right? Logistical work, boring stuff. We haven't had any time for just fun. Like we really haven't. So we just went to the beach and we decided, okay, we're not going to talk about the move. We're not going to talk about anything we have to do. We're not going to talk about mold. We're just going to go to the beach. And we just went to the beach, put a blanket down, 
brought some kombucha to drink <laughs> and just laid there and just got to breathe together and hold each other and watch the sunset and have like a very normal, have a normal day, like a normal afternoon together, which was so important. But this is kind of the, the pace and the tempo of our lives right now. It's this big, big, big peaks of wow, amazing gratitude. It's happening. There's so much excitement around the move. And then these deep valleys of like, holy shit, how are we going to make it where we're just fighting with each other about stupid things and then feeling fear and feeling panic and worry. And, and then we go back up and then we go back down. And it's just, it's a really overwhelming time. It's not, you know, what I long for more than anything. And I long for this so viscerally and intensely. I just long for a sense of calm. You know, I feel oftentimes when I have a dream or a wish, it's like I want something extraordinary. I want something amazing. I want something super fun or super exciting or really big. And now it's like I am longing for just a, a, a sense, like a fundamental sense of peace. It doesn't have to be enlightenment level peace. It doesn't have to be like complete peace of mind. And, you know, I, I just need some sort of grounding where we have a bit of routine again, right? Where we just have structure in our lives again so that we can get back to that feeling of our feet on the ground. Like that's all I long for. <laughs> and I can, I can see it. It's, I can almost taste it. Like I can actually... It's so close. It's so close. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I, I can't wait to show you all. I can't wait to show you all our house. This house that we have where we're going to live, it's so special and magical how this has all come together. And I want to share a little bit because I had I had some big, beautiful moments around this come, come up this week that are really, really precious and special. So this house, we're calling it the cabin, but it's not really a cabin. It's like nicer than a cabin, but it's not really a house. It looks like a cabin, but it's nice. I don't know how to explain it, but it's 90 square meters, which is really small for a house on the countryside, I think, because yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it is compared to what, what's around in this area. It's just, it's like a small house, like a little, it's like, it's, it was used as, it was built to be a vacation home, like a summer home. And it's on the land, this piece of land that my family owns. It's a piece of land that my dad has that he has had for a long time. I don't know. I want to say 20, 25 years, 20 years, maybe. I have to ask him about the date of that. But it's this piece of land really close to where our ancestors are from that my dad got a long time ago where he used to live. There's a little red house on the land where when my little sister was really young and she lived alone with my dad for, for a few years, they lived there in this little red house. 
that didn't have a guest room. I remember we, we would come to visit and we couldn't really fit whenever I came to visit. I used to, I lived in Costa Rica then, I think. And when I would come home, I would go there. It was really small. And then there was a bigger house on the land that had to be renovated and they were renovating it. And then my he ended up moving somewhere else. Like my dad ended up not living there. And then my grandfather moved to this house and he lived here on this land where we're going to be for a long time. And that's a yellow house. We always called it Farfash house. Like that's, that's where my grandpa used to live. And it's kind of this, I don't even know how to explain it. When we got married, when Dennis and I got married, my dad lived there still. And this was 2014. And when the wedding was over and everyone who had to like fly away and go back home to their places, our closest friends, like our closest tight group of people, we went there. So I have a lot of friends who aren't Swedish, who'd never been to Sweden before. And they just know, they just know this land, right? They've been there to this little piece of land in the woods. It's just, it's, 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 it has just a lot of history for us in a lot of different ways. And on the land was a piece of property, like a little sliver of property that belonged to someone else. I think it was an acquaintance or a family, like a distant family friend. I don't really know how they know each other. But so right next to this yellow house or close to this yellow house where my grandpa lived and where my dad lived and where everyone has kind of cycled through through the years, close to this house is, is this little house that this, uh, this other family that I've, I've actually never known. They've been there for 20 years and I've never properly even met them. I mean, I, I haven't lived there in so long or been in Sweden in so long, but I never knew this family, but they're, they had a piece of this land in the middle of the land, which is kind of weird. Like it's a big piece. It's a big property. And then in the middle, it's all like where my dad lived and my grandpa, it's like family space. And then in the middle was this other family. And as we were in Sweden, all throughout the summer, we were trying to figure out, can we find temporary place to live? Are we going to rent something? And of course, this piece, this land came to mind, like that yellow house, you know, where my grandpa used to live because nobody lives there anymore. My grandpa moved, moved to a little city close by. So no one's there. And of course I asked my dad, like, is there, is there any, any opportunity for us that we could, that we could stay in the yellow house for a little bit? And that house is rented now. Someone else is there. I think his wife's parents are there on and off. It's just, it belongs to somebody now in a sense. So he's like, no, that wasn't possible, but you know, keep your eyes open. And if something you're going to find something that, 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 that fits you perfect. Don't worry. Like he was very flippant about it. Like, don't think so much about this house thing. Something's going to come your way. And we spent all summer contemplating, is Sweden going to happen or is it not? And to make Sweden happen, we would have to at least find some place to live, right? And we were looking and looking and looking and looking, and we didn't find anything. And we really spent all summer looking. And I had a point where I was like, okay, well, Sweden's not meant to be, right? Because if Sweden was meant to be, we would have at least found a place to rent or a place like something, you know, even if it's temporary, like a six-month kind of place. We didn't. And then we thought, okay, well, I guess it's Aruba. Like we'll do Aruba for at least another year while we try to figure Sweden out. Like we were just floating. We had no anchor anywhere, right? We didn't have an anchor to return to in Aruba because we'd already rented our house and we didn't have any anchor in Sweden at all. And then I think I've shared this on the pod before, but it was the week we were leaving Sweden this summer to go back to Aruba. The week we were going, like literally the it's the 11th hour of our Sweden trip. All of a sudden, this family who's had this sliver of land in the middle of my family's land, 
they're like, we are moving. <laughs> We've been building something else somewhere far away. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're moving now. So do you want to come see this house? <laughs> we were like, what? Okay. And went there with this idea of like, I'd seen this house standing on my grandpa's porch, like of this yellow house, which is on the lake. It's really beautiful. Standing on the porch there, you can see like down closer to the water, way to the left, there is a little like cabin looking wooden house, but it's kind of covered by shrub and bush. And so it's a neighbor. We have a neighbor. I mean, there's a neighbor there, but it's far away, right? But you can see the house out there. And I'd never been there, right? It was just like, that was just, we would go visit my grandpa or we'd go visit my dad when he lived there. But I'd never been at that high. It never really occurred to me to like, look into like, who are those people who live there? Like, I didn't know, you know, I just knew that there's a, there is a house there. I don't know anything about it. So when they said, okay, do you want to come over and, and see it? I thought, okay, well, this is like a cabin. Cause it really looks like it's, it's, it is a, like a hand built, like the, the family that lived there before they built, the, the dad of the family built this house with his own hands, like from scratch, every piece of it. So I was expecting, okay, well, this is going to be kind of run down. I don't even know if there's electricity here. Like, is this livable at all? Like I had no clue what this was going to be. And we meet this guy over there. He lets us in. He's so sweet. And it's, it's just this this beautiful little house. Like there's nothing wrong with this house. Like there's nothing broken. I was terrified of mold. Is it going to be okay? It's just, it's just, it's, it's a perfect little house and they are already moving out and the timing just boom aligned. Exactly. It was literally like, just like what my dad said. It was like, just relax. Something's going to happen. And I'm on the Swedish version of Craigslist and all the rental sites, like going crazy, trying to force something to happen that is out of our budget and that doesn't work and so and so. And then like the last week, just, oh yeah, come see this house on this land that we know, right? Every time when, when I lived in Costa Rica and my first years living in Aruba, whenever we would go to visit Sweden, we would go to this land. We would live in the yellow house. We would go stay at my grandpa's house. Like we would be there all the time. The very first time Dennis ever came to Sweden, which was 2010, we went to Sweden in end of May because my, my aunt was getting married, I think mid June. And there was a graduate, I don't know whose graduation it was. One of my sisters, someone had a graduation. I can't remember who. And Dennis and I, we, our anniversary is April 1st. <laughs> for like when we started dating. So we'd known each other for like six weeks or something, like a month and a half we'd been dating. We were babies. I was 21, he was 23. We just met and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go to Sweden, you wanna come? And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> we went to Sweden. He only had flip-flops. He didn't have, he had flip-flops and board shorts, this surfer man, like he didn't have anything. And my aunt was getting married in a little castle, which is really normal and common in Sweden for people to get married because there's castles everywhere on the countryside. <laughs> and Dennis didn't even have shoes, right? He only had flip-flops. He didn't have a suit. He had to wear a suit for the wedding. And we went to this land and we stayed in that little red house with my dad. And like the first, the first time as like literally a new couple Dennis's first experience of touching down in Sweden was right there, like right here. And it's 11, almost 12 years later, and we're coming full circle and we're moving to Sweden and we're moving to that exact piece of land. Like we're moving to that exact same place. 
it's it's really it's it's really crazy like where we brought all of our friends after our wedding like that's where we're gonna live now this touch point that we've had as a base to go see my dad where I, I would always spend the night there the last thing I did before going to the airport in between travels whether it was Costa Rica or Aruba because my dad lives close to the airport in Sweden and it's just so <laughs> it's just so crazy it's not, I mean it's not crazy because of course it's my dad and it's family so it's not that wild but it's still really wild like it's it is really strange to me <laughs> Because I never, I never in a million years imagined myself living there. I always thought if I would move back to Sweden, we would live in Stockholm or in the city or, you know, and now we're going to be in the space, in the woods, literally in the woods, on a lake. <laughs> and I keep envisioning, like I really keep envisioning us landing in Sweden. We're going to land. It's going to be 4.30 in the afternoon, something like that, 4 or 5 in the afternoon, and it's going to be pitch black because the sun is going to freaking set at like 2.30 or 3. It's going to be pitch black. It's already minus 11 where we're going Celsius. It is freezing. It is really, really, really cold. And we're going to, the dogs, we're going to have the dogs. The dogs are going to be great. We're going to pile into, the, into our cars and head out into the woods and park our cars outside our little house. <laughs> that I've nested as much as I can from afar and had like new paints and new, just like freshened it up, like a new kitchen and new tiles in the bathroom. And, you know, it, there wasn't that much to renovate because it was in really good shape, but just like a fresh new layer of, 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 of house. And I'm going to build a fire. <laughs> we have a fireplace. We're going to live in a house that has a fireplace. I'm going to build a fire and put Leia to bed in her own room for the first time since March. And I'm going to sit on the couch with my husband looking out at the dark in the middle of winter. And we're going to get to wake up to this view of this hopefully frozen over lake where we can go skating. I mean, if this is, this is a whole, this is a whole new life. It's a whole new experience for all of us in the most, yeah, I don't know, in a, sen in a sense that makes me feel like that, that level of calm, like it's going to really be there. I can feel it. I can sense it. It's, it's almost there. Like it's just out of reach and we're so close and I feel so grateful. <laughs> I feel so unbelievably grateful that even in the stress and even in the up and down of all the mess that we're trying to figure out to get there, it's like we get to, we get to arrive to a house that's just us. And I have never been more thankful for something that I haven't arrived at in my entire life. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What I wanted to get to is that this week, you know, so who has been, who has been helping me with this renovation of this house? Well, my brother and my dad, right? We're going to be living 
15 minutes from my dad's house and not even 10, I think seven, eight minutes from my brother. Like we're going to be, we're going to be moving back to family in a sense. So it's been my brother who has been so, yeah, he's been doing the the day to day of everything and helping me get things ordered and painted and fixed. And yeah, he's been, he's been, it's been so beautiful to, to get that help. And my dad, who's been so hands-on, you know, helping us with what we need help with. And I had this moment this week where I, it, it really isn't lost on me, the magnitude of having the support from my family that I haven't lived with. I haven't lived in the same country as them for 12 years. It's not like I see my dad and my brother all the time. It's not like, you know, it's, we, we haven't lived like together or close together in so, 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 so long. And for us to, to go through this challenging year and then all of a sudden find this little house and get to move there. And then I get help. I get support from my family from afar in making this house really livable. And I really feel like they're pouring so much love into this project. They're being so, there's so much kindness and compassion there and they're my dad and my brother they're not the lovey-doveyest most vulnerable you know they think I'm a little woo-woo and a little hippie and like doing my things over here with my yoga and my crystals you know you know they're they're a dad and a brother like in that sense and I had this moment this week where I was just sitting with a magnitude of we get to land and we get to go to a place that feels like home where someone actually has screwed together and put together our beds so that we have a place to sleep, you know, where someone has actually thought about like, do we have bedding and, and pillows and, you know, probably there's going to be a little something in the fridge when we get there. Like I just, the basics are going to be taken care of. Right. And, and I, and I have the support from these men in my family, right. Who I'm not used to receiving support from in that way. And I was sitting with that and the power of that and the beauty of that, just feeling so grateful because this scenario could be so different for us. You know, we could be all alone going back there. We could have no support. We could have no help. And we have so much support and so help. And I just, I felt so held. I really had a moment feeling so, so, so held by them. And then in the middle of that day, I was, I was telling Dennis, like, wow, we need to do something really special. Like I was saying, we need to give my brother and my dad, we need to give them. And I'm like, it's a, a, a third guy, his name is Matias, who works with my brother, who is also really, really hands-on helping. I'm like the three of them. It's like these three dudes on the countryside that are, that are making a home for us over there. Like, it's amazing. I could cry thinking about them. Like we need to do something. We need to like get them the best Christmas gift ever. Like we need to, let's think about something amazing we can give them in return, right? For, for all of this help. And we were talking about that that day. And then in the middle of that day, I get a video from Matias, this guy who works with my brother. And it was a video he mistakenly sent to me. It wasn't supposed to go to me. It was supposed to go to someone else. And it's a video of a, wor- a guy tiling a floor in a build in like a little, little, little tiny house that I haven't seen before. And, and then I, and then I hear a word, like it's like sauna something. And then I'm remembering like, wait, like I know somewhere on that property, there is a sauna by the water that isn't 
ready. That was like someone a lot many years ago, probably 20 years ago when my dad first bought this piece of land, that there was an idea there to install a sauna eventually, but it never happened. So it's just this like abandoned building kind of. And here's this guy there tiling the floor of this, of this, of this little house. So I write him, I'm like, wait, what is this? What is happening here? He said, oh, I wasn't supposed to send you that, but we were thinking how nice would it be if you guys had a functioning sauna for Christmas? And this half finished sauna has been there for like a decade. No one ever finished it. We're going to like fix it. We're trying to fix it to see if it's ready on time for you. And I, I just, I, (laughs) I got so overwhelmed. Like I got so overwhelmed. I started crying, like immediately just started crying. I feel like this is so over the top. This is for anyone who isn't Swedish, by the way, like every countryside house has a sauna. Like you, you'll find saunas in apartment buildings, like saunas in school gyms. Like there's always a sauna everywhere you go. And so it's not like weird that this, that they, there is a sauna on this piece of land, but the fact that it's just been there abandoned for 10 years and then now they're making this effort so that we might, and we might not, it might not be ready in time, but just the fact that they're thinking about us in that way. I was just like, this is so, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then I wrote my brother and I said, I just want to thank you so much. I feel like you guys are putting so much love into this for us. And I didn't ask for that. Like, this is such an extra, like beautiful, like, I'm happy if we have a bed to sleep in when we get there, you know, and now it's like, potentially we can actually like go in a sauna for New Year's. Like, that's crazy. That's amazing. What? And, and then I take a moment and I'm like, I'm going to really tell my dad. So I take my time and I'm texting my dad and we are not like, you know, because he's, he's a, he's a typical, like, you know, well, how old is he now? He's 57, 58. He's a typical kind of dad, you know, we're not super lovey-dovey, vulnerable, cozy, you know, like that's not how he shows his love. But I really take my time and I write him this really nice message where I say, I just want you to know how grateful I am that you guys are helping us renovate and how much I appreciate this time spent doing these things. And I know like you don't have to do this, you know, it's like we could have figured it out and you're really doing this from your heart. And I just, I just love and appreciate you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and I took the time to write that in a really vulnerable way, just because I really wanted him to know, you know, <laughs> and then later on and he responds. And then later on, I tell Dennis, like I was crying, telling him about the sauna thing. And I'm like, I'm so, I can't believe it. I'm so grateful. I can't believe it. And then I'm like, so I I wrote this to my dad because I really want him to know. And he's like, did he respond? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, did you get a thumbs up emoji? And I'm like, yep. (laughs) No, I got two thumbs up emojis in return. (laughs) Writing this. And I think it's so funny. It's so beautiful. It's so perfect. It's really, it's really it. Like that is how... Like my dad communicates his love through tangible things, right? Things that can be fixed or built or managed or taken care of or done, right? He's not going to be the dad who calls me up one day and looks me in the eye or tells me like, here is what you mean to me. I love you. You know, he's not that kind of dad, right? He's not that kind of guy. He's the guy who shows his love in this exact way, who decides, wait, Dennis and Rachel are coming. They're coming for Christmas. There is that old sauna down there. Like, why don't we like, 
why don't we fix it for them so that they have electricity there and they can use it? What? I mean, that's, that's it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, I'm just getting really emotional overall leaving. But I had, I don't know, I had a good three days feeling all choked up and really emotional about the support that we're getting, you know, and that it's coming from my family and that it's coming from, from my dad and my brother, who's, this is all, this is all so special to me. <laughs> so sitting here now <laughs> at my tea table, I am feeling so held, so supported, so loved, and so fucking grateful. And there are a lot of moments in my life when I don't feel these things. And I know sometimes I have support in a lot of ways, but I I have a hard time letting it in or I have a hard, hard time actually feeling it. I have a hard time receiving. That's what's really hard for me. And I'm sitting here now feeling just so showered with support in these major, major, major ways. And it's happening just out of love, right? It's not happening because... Like sometimes I feel supported, but it's like, you know, I feel supported by employees, but they're paid to be there and support me. And I know they would support me probably either way because they're like diehard, amazing human beings, but there's a different kind of feeling when support is there just because, right? And for me, being able to really let that in and really hold that and be vulnerable with that and feel really loved by them and really receive that love it's a really beautiful, powerful moment. And I don't want to take it for granted. I don't want to go, oh, sweet, great. You guys help, help me out with this thing. That's awesome. I like it. Because it's not that. It, it, feels, it feels really big. And I also have this sneaky suspicion that this support wouldn't be coming my way if I wasn't actually in a place where emotionally I am able to receive it. Like if I was still in that space now where I just soldier on and I focus on everything else and I just get things done and I, I don't focus on my own well-being in that sense, if I'm just doing, 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 not receiving, right? Then also I put myself in that level of energy where support isn't going to be available in that same way because I'm kind of telling the whole world, I don't need it. I don't need you. I'm doing all of this on my own. I am alone in this. I got it. I don't need anybody. But now all of a sudden I feel really soft and I feel I need a lot of help. I need a lot of support. I want help. I want to rest. I want to receive. Like I feel really gentle and soft in that space. And all of a sudden that support is there and it's major. It's like crazy. It's like, who gets that? What the fuck? <laughs> what kind of karma am I like? I don't know, what, what good did I do in a past life that allows me to be here now with this kind of blessing? Like, it's so special. And I just want to cherish it and not take it for granted. And I can't wait to hug them. <laughs> my three boys over there, Ringo, my brother and my dad, I cannot wait to hug them all just two weeks ago. So wherever you are at now, chances are that there is a part of you that is really looking to receive and not just getting that tangible or material kind of support from the outside, but actually arriving to a place inside of you where you can feel the support that's there, where you can allow that support and let that love in. 
you know, to let someone else hold you, you have to also surrender, right? You have to also stop holding everything together on your own. We can't really let someone else hold us if we are holding on to everything. We have to let go a little bit, not of everything, but a little bit. And maybe you have, maybe you're in this similar space in life now where there are people in your life who are showing up for you in a major way, who are just giving to you, who are just holding you, wanting to support you, loving you. And it can be really uncomfortable, right, to let that in. It can feel really foreign and strange to really hold and be in the vulnerability of that thank you and not just shrug our shoulders and go, oh yeah, sweet, thanks, that's great, you know, and actually it's big. But to be vulnerable and intimate with how beautiful it is that these people are there for you in your life. Or maybe you're in that space right now where you are longing for that. Maybe you've spent a lot of time feeling really unsupported, wondering where are my blessings? Where is my privilege? Like when is that gratitude going to get to arrive? When are those things coming my way? And taking a moment right now, if that's the case, if you're feeling unsupported or unloved or not held, to really honor that wish and that longing inside for someone to swoop in and pick you up, for someone to hold things together for you for a while so you don't have to. Because even just acknowledging the longing you feel in your heart for that, that's settling into a different kind of energy where it's not just me holding everything together or everything falls apart, but wow, I wish there was someone here who could hold me too. Just stating that and holding that longing, it changes our vibration entirely. It is telling life a bit like, I, I don't want to do this alone anymore. Maybe I'm ready to really let someone in. Like I'm ready for a shift, I'm ready to be held. It could be that that person that's right there ready, ready to hold you, if it's in a major way or in little ways in your day, maybe they're right there, right? Maybe they're just waiting for you to let them in. So taking a breath or a few breaths, just sensing in your heart how worthy you are to receive, how deserving you are of rest, of love, of support. You are, you are. Life is a trip. want to thank you for listening to this show. I, I appreciate you. Holy shit. How do I appreciate you? Wow. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm saying that thank you directly to you for listening to this. And I'm saying that thank you to the universe for everything beautiful that's in my life right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Yoga Girl podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And of course, a big thank you to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl Podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. I'll see you next week.